welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jobaz, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Keen. Connor, how's it going? Good, dude. Uh,. I can't tell if watching this movie while somewhat sleep deprived was the best possible way to experience <laughs> it or the worst possible way to experience it. A dream Either way, a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I am excited to uh, discuss it with you. Hell yes, I'm excited for this as well because this week we are reviewing the 1975 Australian cult classic Picnic at Hanging Rock based on the Joan Lindsay novel of the same name. Screenplay by Cliff Green, directed by Peter Weir. The film stars Anne-Louise Lambert, Karen Robinson, Jane Vallis, Dominic Gard and John Jarrett. On Saturday the 14th of February 1900, a party of schoolgirls from Appleyard College picnicked at Hanging Rock near Mount Macedon in the Strait of Victoria. During the afternoon, several members of the party disappeared without a trace. Ooh. Ooh, And then the film follows... The search for those four missing people. Yeah, yeah. Mainly focuses, uh, follows Michael Fitzhubert and Albert as their, their sort of um, infatu- infatuation, like uh, obsession with trying to find these girls that have gone missing on the rock. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of it shows a bit of um, the the mystery kind of eating away at everybody in the town to some yeah. degree, but it does it hones in a little bit on them and quite a lot on the the police headmistress um, and the the police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, head, headmistress, Mrs. Appleyard. Mrs. Appleyard, as it is Appleyard College. So this is a really fond personal movie to me, mm-hmm. and you have not seen it whatsoever. Mm-mm. So how? What did you? What did you think? I really liked it. I uh, was really charmed by how bizarre it, yes, it is yes. as a film. Like <laughs> immediately, immediately charmed. And I know, it, like within the first five minutes, I was like, I know exactly what I'm following this up with. Awesome. So like <laughs> that's, that, cool. that's no problem. Yeah, it was it Excellent. was a cool one to go. Like uh, like I've never seen this, and this is so bizarre. But I have like a point of reference for something I would like point you to that that does a similar thing for me cool but it was it was weird like uh watching this movie and then reading up on it afterwards i was so convinced that this was a real thing that this yes. was like a, a true story because it does the whole based on a true story it's thing. a little blair witch kind of it's kind of blair witchy yeah yeah, yeah yeah uh so it's this it's it's a surreal film to begin with but it was surreal watching it uh having heard its name since i was shit like eight i think i think i first heard my dad mention it yep and it's always kind of had this uh the reputation of the film just does precede it it, it the mm. when people speak of this movie it's it's in ominous tones and like ooh you know, you know you don't want to <laughs> yes. fuck with that like you know um yeah so it was it was a really surreal viewing experience but a very enjoyable one That's and awesome. and one that i'm uh, uh it, it's one of those movies that's so uh open ended and and so by design is it that open-ended that it's a fun one to like look into fan theories and and uh, or you know uh analyses and stuff and i mean since it's it's filmed from the fucking 70s there's uh, fucking let me let me let me quick math here well like nearly 50 years of of fan theories rolling about like yeah yeah i'd really uh, i'm i'm keen to kind of i'm keen to dig into it with you here tonight and and then do some of my own research afterwards yeah because the book i think is 1967 the book was published yeah yeah like uh, about 10 years prior that that's where it sort of all starts the book is 
Joan Lindsay, she was purposefully ambiguous with uh, the origin of the story to mm. make people believe that it was possibly based on a true story, when in mm. fact it is just entirely fiction. Uh, yeah, there's um, there's all sorts of like cult theory, uh, sort of like uh, just like, yeah, like a big following and it really blew up and was popular to begin with as the novel. And then mm. the, this film, it's such a good adaptation. It's uh, like spawned that even further, mm. just like forever and forever. So, yeah, I'm the same as you. I grew up always hearing about this film, about knowing about this film. I remember... Mum and Dad had like a VHS recording of it uh, off the TV and it was Picnic Hanging Rock, the director's cut. And that was like my first memory of what a director's cut was or me not Ah, understanding what a director's cut was and thinking that it sounded really violent and like (laughs) just like not appropriate for kids. Director's cut, like just that term director's cut? cut, Like cut is like, oh, yeah, 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 no, it's it's violent. It's like the, it's like the scary version. It's like this. Yeah, yeah. I think I've always had that association too, just because like you so often, uh, and especially in the, um, I guess in the time that we were growing up uh, in, in the age of like torture porn being, you know, kind of popular in movies like Saw and Hostel and stuff. They're like yeah. uncut, unrated, versions, uncut. unrated, and it was yeah. like that for like horror and comedy. Yes, like it was. It was movies like Hostel would come out with like a, a you know this this version was too fucked for cinemas, and then Forty Year Old Virgin, it was like <laughs> they say fuck too many times for cinemas. <laughs> exactly. So I've, I've kind of always had that that connotation as well. So I should mention I grew up in Macedon. I was going to say, when right, you were doing the, right the opening spiel, I could hear you smiling as you said <laughs> Mount Macedon. <laughs> um, yeah, so Macedon, adjacent town to Mount Macedon, which uh-huh. is also adjacent to Woodend. They're all sort of like the town next over. So I went to school halfway up Mount Macedon and my first job was in Woodend. So it's very wow. like cool to see a movie, like you say, surreal, watch a movie and be like, oh, holy shit, this is, this is like where I grew up. Yeah. It's so, so rare for, a, I think, a, an Australian uh, film buff to be able to experience that and, and mm. sort of see that in um, that town that they grew up in reflected in a, in a film because we just don't make that many movies or there's not as many really good standout Australian films that have like mm. st- stood the test of time. Or certainly not that make such great use of a location that is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fucking rock. It's yeah, largely, right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's largely exactly. unchanged, you know. So I didn't see this film until I was in year 12, uh, in 2009. Mm-hmm. So that was my first seeing of it, even though I'd heard about it forever and ever. And mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough, a little bit of a throwback to a few episodes ago, we did this for a drama class. So we did study the film a heck of a lot. And ah. it's a really fun one too. I think especially for theatre because of how surreal the film is and the way yeah, that- the, especially the performances. The, the performances and the, the script is very- like stilted and sparse and it's got mm. these really bizarre lines of dialogue and also really bizarrely delivered lines of dialogue. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. it feel really like, like this like ethereal, otherworldly, yeah. dreamlike quality. So it's really fun to deep dive into what the possible meanings of those like phrases could mean. Yeah. So we so it was like uh me and I think three other girls, we were in a group together. 
And so we made a, we wrote and figured out and did and performed ourselves a little play. And then we did it like a sequel to Hanging Rock. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Uh, Because fun fact, the school, it's like I said before, it's not based on anything. It's it's completely work of fiction. But Appleyard College is Mm. a boarding school, kind of finishing school, private school for young girls based somewhere around Mount Macedon. There is only one school that was around at that time that is located in that area that fits that description, and Mm -hmm. that's the school I went to. No shit. (laughs) Yeah, so basically uh, it was called Braemar College when I went there. Before that, it was Clyde Clyde Girls School or something, ah. um, and it used to be a boarding school, and it was a like a a, a girls finishing school. So that's ah. pretty much where the inspiration comes from. Wow. The the film's Appleyard College was actually like the location was used in, like a South Australian uh, school, mm-hmm. but well, I think interior wise. It looks a bit like the school I went to. Exterior-wise, it's a bit boring and like, oh, this big square bricked building. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It looks more like a, a fort. Yeah, my my actual school building is very, very old and like wood and there's balconies and towers and stuff and all oh, of this stuff awesome. that, that is very cool that I've said that before, I think, on the podcast that some people would go there and they would kind of uh, compare it to like Hogwartsy uh, a little cool. bit. You did mention uh, talking about planning your your zombie apocalypse. That's right. Uh, yes, stakeouts in the in the towers and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I when I finally saw it, yeah, I was like grabbed by it. I loved it immediately. Mm. I must have watched it like a dozen times in that year of school because of mm. because of drama class, and also I just enjoyed it so much. But the last time, I think. I, the last time I saw it was only in 2010, so like the following year, mm-hmm. but it was at Hanging Rock on Valentine's Day because they would show the film on a big screen, like drive-in movie kind of theatre projector. <laughs> oh, my God. So they do it at night at the rock and the atmosphere is so amazing. It's It was such a good experience. Wow, that sounds really, really cool. Uh, yeah, like uh, sitting on a picnic blanket <laughs> watching Picnic Hanging Rock. Um, so, yeah, I was so familiar with Hanging Rock because at through all through primary school and secondary school, we would go there for school sport events and mm. uh, picnics, basically. We would we would yep. do that stuff. So, like you said, it's, <laughs> it's a rock. It doesn't change particularly. Yeah. I can recognise areas... When I see shots from the movie, it's oh, that's that, really it's cool. That cool. I was gonna, I was gonna ask that because I, I haven't actually been to Hanging Rock. I've had opportunities to go there. Um, I've had friends uh, organize like, ah, oh, maybe we'll go to like, do we want to go for a hike or go for a walk down Hanging, hanging Rock? We absolutely um, go have for to a, do go this for a, now. for a picnic. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Um, I don't know if those have ever, if those planned events have ever gone ahead. Um, if they have, I've just been busy at the time. But I, I just. Through circumstances, haven't haven't been there, but I would love to to check it out, especially after seeing this film. And I'd love to go along with my camera and take some pictures and see if I can like uh, yeah, recognize spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back back to back. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's a combination for me of it's my hometown as well as like you said, making such good use of this location mm. um, and being able to transform with all of the the techniques that they use to give it this really weird, ghostly, otherworldly feeling to it. It's fucking unreal. I 
like in terms of the scenery, it's 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 a kind of. I think part of the reason I never watched it is because I I don't really have much of an interest in Australian films. Certainly not Australian films set in the outback. It's a it's a scenery that I find really kind of drab and 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 boring. Yeah, and I'm the same. I don't know, and I feel bad saying this. I feel like it should reach me. I should be able to see some <laughs> beauty in it or something, but I just fucking don't ordinarily. But in this, that it's it's presented through the way it's shot and the the soundtrack is doing an Whew. immense Holy amount of heavy lifting here, and the editing and the the like the pace of the cuts and when they cut, it takes this setting that I'd usually find really boring and made it one of the eeriest, most unsettling. Basically, made it feel as though I was watching uh, like an Italian horror film, like some surreal, yeah. like Dario Argento <laughs> Italian horror schlock. Like it was it was so bizarre and so disarming and so unsettling. It was really cool. Hell yeah. Being an aspiring filmmaker and liking the stuff that I normally like, which is fantasy or science fiction, mm. and that being so impractical to try and do as like a home movie kind of thing, mm. watching this and it being like literally my my own backyard basically yeah, and they've made yeah. such an incredibly compelling, uh, magical experience from it. I just like yeah. blew me away, and I, I yep. respected it so much for for that. And like unsettling, genuinely unsettling in like a horror movie sense in broad daylight. That's that's why I sort of it's uh, a when feat. I when I uh, recommended it when I picked it last week, I said it's not quite a horror movie, but it's spooky. It's mm. almost it's got a lot of uh, of maybe the DNA of a gothic horror. But yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of stands a bit aside from that as well because of how, like you say, it's in broad daylight, making mm. the Australian outback feel so, uh, yeah, confronting and uh, I mean, uh, haunting. Yeah, is, is is the right word. Like it's such a feat. It's it. I think you're right in saying that it's got that that gothic horror DNA. In as much as it's like the way that that gothic horror is not. It's not the conjuring. It's not about the jump scares. It's about the feeling of a haunting. This this feels very similar to that, where it's not about shit jumping out and scaring you. It's about the feeling of unease and superstition that this I don't know that the, the and and it, and because it's all left so up to interpretation. It's not whether the the place has something supernatural about it or just this bizarre event stirs up such. Uh, uh, hysteria in people. It makes people uneasy because it it doesn't have a, a clear explanation. That's part of, uh, I think, what's so great about it is that it doesn't ever give you an explanation because mm. I think that would uh, deflate the film so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just keeps, make, keeps you going and going, like wondering always. There's actually quite kind of famously... Uh, the book is also very open-ended, but I don't know if it was like officially released or like rumored or this or that, but uh, there was essentially like a final chapter that yes, wasn't that, in the that, book. Yeah, that was that was released posthumously uh, as yeah. The Secret of Hanging Rock. I was just reading That's about right, this. Yes. So it kind of explains and it's a little bit of a like weird kind of alien abduction-ish uh, bent. It's got like yeah, weird like uh, other like, dimensional um, portally. Yeah, time warp shit happening. Yeah, which is is cool, but I kind of prefer it being. It left is cool, unexplained. But, yeah, you know? I prefer it unexplained. It's still better than uh, just a brief aside. I won't waste too much time on it because it's not worth wasting time on. But uh, in preparation to this you did episode, say you did some research. I was doing some research, and I didn't. I wasn't aware that there was a 
mini a six episode mini series picnic hanging rock made in 2018 yeah i remember seeing posters for it yeah i i it completely flew under my radar so i was curious it was a foxtel original here in the states i think it's um was bought as an amazon prime show uh, okay and yeah it's not very good I watched the whole thing out of um, out of like uh, the f- the feeling of obligation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You described the just other like, night as as hate watching the series. Sort of a little bit. I didn't want to <laughs> watch a little bit and then just make a like a, a determination on it and then shit yeah. talk it on a podcast and then you know realize yeah, that on. I didn't like have all of the the context. So yeah, do you do due diligence? It's uh, it's. I feel like it's got good casting, but the the writing is so bad. I don't. I like. I want to enjoy the performances more because I like yeah. the actors that are, that they've picked. But they're it's not given much to work with. Not given much, or what they are given to work with is just bad mm. and takes it in a different direction. I think right. it was coming out around the time of um, trying to chase like a true detective kind of crime show bent. So right. they much more go down the lines of. Like a whodunit kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, whodunit, this like yeah. more on the, the, the police officer and stuff, mm. being much more suspicious where even the police officer in this one is quite, uh, like his attitude towards it is is quite interesting. And yeah, so I was, I was my interest was peaked to, to begin with and then a couple of episodes in I was like, oh, they, is this what they're kind of doing? And then deciding to, I don't know how uh, accurate it is to the book. It seems pr- maybe quite accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of uh, crossover between it and the film, but it's more mm-hmm. in the, uh, the the direction of how it's presented really takes any of that like otherworldly uh, unsettlingness out of it and just makes it like a really bland kind of procedural thing that's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. And right. like, the girls go missing in the first episode, so all the p- following episodes have like flashbacks to beforehand that are kind of yeah. explaining why they're planning on like disappearing like it's it's very much like from the offset very much like they've they've got a plan and they're doing something and it's like oh right okay i love i love this movie so much because it feels sometimes like they know that they're not coming back and then sometimes they say things that imply that they still are planning on coming back yeah yeah it kind of keeps like phasing in and out of different uh like modes yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's got all these um, characters who in their own movie would be the protagonist or have a larger role and it would be this kind of movie. Like if the cop uh, had had more screen time, oh, it would, be a, it would be a procedural crime kind of whodunit thing. He'd be the, the kind of grizzled detective being consumed by the mystery. If it was focusing on the creepy uh, Sarah girl, it would be more of a kind of uh, weird maybe exorcist or um, omen style horror movie but it's not that if it was focusing on the the old woman uh the the um what do you mrs. call it the, the mrs apple uh, fucking whatever um <laughs> mrs applecart uh <laughs> um maybe it'd be more of your your gothic horror thing her being haunted by the memories of a of a uh, colleague and and the two girls or whatever. If it was focusing on the on the dude, it maybe it would have uh, the British kid. Maybe it would have more of a romantic bent to it or something. I don't know. Like it, it's got all these uh, components that uh, don't w- work against each other. Just kind of exist next to each other. Yeah, that really I don't know. It's, it's a off. really weird one. Yeah, yeah. It's constantly throwing you. This movie is constantly throwing you off its trail. I, I finished this movie like I was checking the time thing because I was like, how long is left in this fucking movie? And it was like the last ten minutes. I was like, okay, so we're gonna get some kind of 
some kind of resolution here. And then you kind of don't. Like the 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 fucking like groundskeeper comes in and Sarah's dead, like fallen through the roof. Yeah. Presumably. Well, we don't know. Suicide or what? Like then he goes up to Mrs. Applecart and she's fucking dressed in black. Yeah. Like doing what? Like does she like we, we don't know. We don't know anything. Yep. And then it just and then she's just staring at the camera. It's really creepy, really unsettling. And then we get a voiceover saying, Yeah. So she's dead. She was found at the base of the rock. They kept looking for the girls for a year or so. And uh, here we are. And I was like, wow, this movie does not give a fuck if you like it or not. No. And that's that's so gutsy. And I'm. it's one of those moments where I have, uh, uh, like, there are certain things that trigger a, 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 a patriot in me. <laughs> and this is one of them where I go, fuck yeah. And reading, uh, like, critical reception at the time and, like, uh, on, on the uh, uh, Peter Weir uh, recalls one distributor threw his coffee cup at the screen at the end of it because he wasted two hours of his life. <laughs> a mystery without a goddamn solution. <laughs> um, and I just, it's like, yeah, fuck you, fucking yeah. big city cunt. What do you want? Exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Ballsy, so he released a director's cut mm-hmm. that, we, uh, that we mentioned before. Uh, so in 1998, the director's cut was released as part of the, the Criterion Collection DVD. And it also mm. uh, uh, replayed in cinemas. And the cut actually removed about 10 minutes of footage from the film. Wow. I always really appreciate uh, the balls for a filmmaker to not add more, but to go, yeah. no, let's take out because this doesn't serve the story as much and let's give it a more streamlined Fucking A, dude. Yeah, thing. that's sick. Um, so I remember that the reception was quite negative because uh, – it being the cult film that it is, people fall in love with uh, the film that gets released. And so they were kind of like arguing that point of like, oh, once you release it, it like it belongs to the viewers, not the filmmaker. And we don't like this. Mm. But he was like, no, nope, fuck yeah. And uh, <laughs> a, few, a few years later, there are like special edition versions that have the theatrical cut now. I've never seen the theatrical cut. I've only like read descriptions of what scenes were cut from. Yeah, well, I, I was watching the the version that begins with the Criterion Collection uh, logo and stuff, so I'm yeah. assuming I'm watching the director's cut. Yeah, for, for quite a while it was kind of um, people were upset because there was like no way of, unless you had like the very early VHS release, there was no way of seeing the theatrical cut. Mm. Um, but now there are like the, the very super special like three-disc editions cool. of the theatrical. But yeah, to to be like, nah, fuck yeah, I don't care. This is uh this was like this is extra, this is fluff, let's take it out. And I feel yeah. like like I one I yeah, I haven't seen the original, but like it it's a long enough movie as it is. It doesn't I was gonna need say, ten more it, minutes. It's um the the I don't think it needs that extra ten minutes. It's it's already kind of um for my tastes at least, again, it's it's pushing the envelope with like kind of being a likable uh, or, or like enjoyable film in a traditional sense. Like the pacing, we've, we've talked about uh, movies like um, uh, Last Mohican and, and uh, Field of Dreams and stuff having a meditative pace. This has like a, a kind of bizarre hypnotic kind of pace, like, yeah. a, like a fever dream pace. Mm. And, and it becomes kind of... Again, I watched it very tired. It was, it's a, I, I, I think this is a disorienting enough film without Definitely. an extra 10 minutes. I you think know? so. I think that in terms of actual like plot material or plot points to go through, they're yeah. quite sparse across the runtime. 
There's mm. actual, like, very little of that actual stuff and there's a lot of extra mystery and, like you said, that unsettlingness of how it's cut and how how, how long they stay on certain things and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I think it, is, it feels quite long for, like, an hour 40-something. Mm, hour 47 it, or so. Almost, yeah, almost two hours. It feels like a lot of time is devoted to just creating uh, a, an atmosphere, you know, a mood, and it, it does that really well but uh yeah i'm happy with what's with what's there in terms of the <laughs> absolutely cut. yeah like from the from the get-go it's just going along in their um in their cart and the the teacher the way that she's just like staring like out into space like almost to the like directly staring at the camera just being like this we do for pleasure so that we may shortly be at the mercy of venomous snakes and poisonous ants how foolish can human creatures be? And then talking about the rock and being like, oh, no, it's it's, it's actually really? quite young. <laughs> yeah, in the grand scheme of things and all yeah, that all stuff. I mean, stuff. I feel like even even from the uh, like the opening shot of like the rock with the kind of fog over it and then it's got those fades and we see the girls and like their morning rituals and the way they interact with each other. I mean, I know it's set in fucking 1900, so they're not going to be like checking their phones and shit, <laughs> but it's bizarre. Yeah, it like, is. It, no, it has it this definitely creepy is. quality to it. That's something that I noticed was very much lacking in the show when they're passing around the Valentine's Day cards. That show, it doesn't feel like it's set in the period. The costumes mm. are amazing. The The production design is amazing, but it just feels a bit modern. This has yeah. this really weird old feeling quality of like, Maybe it's a little bit to do with it. It's like a film from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but also they are, they're trying to do the 1900s thing and it mm. works so well. This really weird like whispering of like reading the cards and all staring out the window. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and like so counting all these cards that like the, the um, I've forgotten her name, the uh, the dumpy one as yeah. the British guy <laughs> refers to her, uh, as Michael refers to her. Yeah, she's like counting these these cards. I don't know what they are, but she's like seems really pleased about it. And you're like, okay, that never comes up again. You're like, okay. And then after that that title that initial title title sequence, you get the like establishing shot of the building when it cuts to Miranda brushing her hair uh, with Sarah behind her. It's this weird shot where there's the mirror. Uh, it's uh, like. It's immediately disorienting. Yeah, because you've got like, like the little the circular small, mirror. The little mirror with her in it on the right, Sarah in the middle in the mirror behind that mirror, <laughs> and then Miranda on the left of that uh, that, that that second mirror, the, the mirror. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, no, you're doing great. And, you're and doing both, great. Keep going. <laughs> both Mirandas are in focus. Yeah, yeah. It's super, like, immediately uh, It's it's one of those things where where I'm watching it going, where the fuck was this camera set up? How did they achieve this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever there's mirrors, it's a bit uh, trippy. Yeah, yeah. But even if you don't, like, even if you're not looking for those things, just that setup is eerie and, and unsettling. You kind of, you it, it you can't centre yourself. Like, it's almost no. like an anti-establishing shot. Yeah, Like, you yeah, normally yeah. have an establishing shot to be like, hey, this is where we are. Yeah. This is the location. Sometimes yeah, yeah. if we really want to dumb it down, we'll, like, you know, put in text at the bottom, like, London. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, no, nah, fucking. Yeah, exactly. Or, we're it's, in a room. It's, where's, where's the situation of everything? Yeah, again, it's that thing um, where it's got the components of a traditional film. Like, it shows the location, the, the room in a kind of, like, wide enough, broad enough sense that you get a feel for it uh, and you kind of 
understand the ge- the like the uh, geography of the space to a degree, but it's framed and, and shown to you in such a an unsettling way or a way that that just feels unnatural. Yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. And then she starts talking about like you must learn to love people besides me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have to see my funny my funny family in Queensland on the Gold Coast. I won't be here much longer. That's the thing, like. The Gold Coast. Um, When she says, like, I'm not going to be here much longer, there is, like, the logical, okay, she's a senior and Sarah is not, so she's in her last year of school, so... You could, if it was presented normally, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's saying that, like, oh yeah, next year I'm not going to be here, so you should make some other friends. But the way it's shown and told, she's like, I'm not going to be here much longer. You're like, you know, you're going to disappear. What the fuck's going on? Like, the way that line is delivered and the shot that she says it in, it's in the mirror, and she's looking kind of like she's not making eye contact with it with with anyone. She's like kind of lost in her own world and and uh, or, or like says it with a sense of knowing something that we don't. Yeah, I love that stuff. You mentioned the performances and the dialogue being kind of stilted and, and performed in a way that's kind of weird and, and um, uh, heightened earlier, and I feel like this is a really cool film for using the the medium to take that one step further where, like, in a, th- in a theatrical sense, it's like, yeah, that would be, you know, weird and, and kind of surreal. But that's kind of almost how theatre works. Like you'll have characters like standing at the audience, not looking at one another on the stage, saying lines that are a bit like less like, oh, this is what my character's saying. It's more about like I'm the line of dialogue I'm saying is what my character's thinking. Yeah, saying the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But like if if in a in a theatre sense that sort of thing, I would just be sitting there going, eh, this is par for the course. This is just fucking... This, this, is, is, this is dumb this theater is stuff. This is theater cunts. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to any theater cunts listening. I'm so sorry. Um, but you know what you do. Uh, but in this, like, so much of the audio, so much of the dialogue is, is like, 80-yard. Mm. And in this strange way where it, it... So certain characters' voices sound as though they're enunciating far more than the performances on screen are. It's really, really bizarre. Well, I don't know how much of that sense is. Of like you can see where the character is in the space, but then their voice sounds like it's not exactly projected it's like right from in there. your ears. Yeah. 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 Fucking so, so like, good. and I don't know how much of that is a like a product of the time it was in and, and like limitations of, of what they were shooting with or what and how much of it was by design, but so much of the rest of this film feels like so deliberate, so um, meticulously bizarre yeah. that I, 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 it feels deliberate to me. It, I think it, it, I think yeah, it, it feels very deliberate to me too. Yeah, I think it um, it heightens that that sense of uh, surrealism and that that kind of dreamlike quality. Mm. Volcanic, of course. Thousands of years old. A million years old, Mr. Hussey, or thereabouts. Yes, uh, well, that'd be right. Uh, thousands, millions. Devil of a long time, anyway, <laughs> manner of speaking. You said about it, it it makes a patriot in you. I I do love some of the Australianisms to it. There's like, there's this mix of, there's some really like, yeah, weird unsettling stuff. And then there's just some really funny like Australianisms. It's like such an Aussie way of saying stuff. Like, like, like what? Like when the teacher's talking about, uh, it's, it's merely a million years old. And then um, Irma just goes. Waiting a million years. Just for us. It's such a cheeky, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
John Jarrett's line, I absolutely fucking loved it as a kid when he's mm. like, oh, she'd have a good set of legs all the way right up to her, her bum. bum. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's, it's taking <laughs> such so a- fucking stupid. A really stupid, like, yep, that's how legs work. Everybody's legs go all the way up to their bum, yeah. but saying it in a way that makes it this, like, <laughs> dirty-sounding thing, it's such an Australian yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Legs all the way up to her bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what else? <laughs> what other yeah. options are? Yeah, I got them too. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but yeah, Michael's like, I wish you wouldn't say such crude things. I say the crude things. You just think them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a really great, um, uh, like yeah, just juxtaposition between uh, like the honourable Mister Fitzhubert, and he's all like yeah, very yeah. straight laced and very like uh, uh, soft and quiet, and mm. and then he's just like this, yeah, this like. Orphan outback. Orphan from kid. fucking Ballarat. Ballarat. When, he, when, he, when he's like the Ballarat orphanage, I was like, oh, fuck. You know? Yeah. And That's then he's so like, cool. oh, I haven't thought about that place in donkey's years. You're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. <laughs> well, uh, uh, little aside, oh, John Jarrett, obviously, you might uh, know him better from Wolf Creek. No shit. Yep. That's I, right. That's. Uh, that's fucking awesome. Yep. That's so cool. <laughs> I thought you'd wow. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, this is like one of his earliest roles. But then, yeah, then we've got all of these like um, more of the spooky lines of them being like, oh, don't worry, we won't be gone for very long. Uh, it sounds like sounds like you are going to be gone for very long. Yeah. <laughs> and then just, yeah, like these random bits like as they're walking up the rock, they seem to be not being themselves or not speaking like themselves and like yeah, forgetting and they're, they're, what they're doing or where they are. And they seem to be having disconnected conversations yes. as though they're having their own conversations in their own time. Like it's it's so strange. And they'll they'll throw like types of shots in that aren't used anywhere else. Like the bit where Miranda's kind of leading them through the rocks. She keeps turning back and looking like speaking to the camera as though it's a, it's a, a point of view shot. And that's not done anywhere else in the film. Oh, God, it's so good. It's such a because when I look at that location, I'm like, yep, that's hanging rock. It's. Mm. It's pretty. It's it's a big rock in in the middle of the bush. Like it's not that incredibly special that it should photograph particularly interesting. They do such a mm. good job of making it feel interesting. Mm. Like the idea that someone would go missing at Hanging Rock and them like not being able to find them for days and days and days is pretty crazy. Like because it's not that big of a place. There's not that far you can go. Yeah, it is. It is can be quite dangerous, though. I do remember growing up and hearing about a couple of times where uh, like young kids or teenagers would have died on the rock uh, because there's some areas where there's because of the way that it's this volcanic, like they're all like these groups of rocks, like it's this Mm -hmm. big grouping of them and stuff. Some of some places sort of have these rocks going over peaks or there'll be like big crevices between them where it almost all the way down is is a drop. So there Mm -hmm. was one kid that. Well, there was like a group of kids and they were like hopping, like jumping across the gap ah, and like, you know, uh, like peer pressure and like making the kid like do it and stuff. And then one of them fell down there and, and died. So Oof. it can be quite a dangerous place, but like I've gone on a bushwalk, <laughs> like there's a, there's an actual like kind of track and there's like steps leading up nowadays. Yeah. 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 And you're like, yeah, that takes you like maybe like 15, 20 minutes to like walk all the way around it. Like it's not that huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they do such a good job of like making it feel that way, and and as well the idea that 
it's such like a long trip by horse and cart where nowadays you're like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, 15 minutes down the road. But yeah, they're like, totally. oh, look at the time. I promised you'd be back by eight. We better get a move on because it's like two o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> We're exactly. We're not going to yeah, get yeah. home in time sort of stuff. It, it, it means when, um, when what's his face, the, the, the Yobbo finds, uh, is, it, is it Irma? Yeah. Irma. Uh, and is like on top of the rock, like trying to get their attention uh, after finding the the piece of clothing yeah, in yeah. Um, Michael's hand, uh, you do go like, oh, fuck. Like, like you're out in you, the middle of nowhere sort of thing. Yeah, 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 totally. That moment is so bloody cool. Like there's, there's the two really good pieces of music. There's the really bizarre pan flute, which mm. is such a great choice to make such a, like an alien sounding instrument for the, the outback. Like if you were doing it really... I don't know, like lazy or by the numbers, you'd think like, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm sure the Aborigines would have some sort of like uh, significance of this place. They would have folklore leading into that. Like let's chuck mm. some didgeridoos in there or something. Mm. But they mm. didn't go, oh, well, let's Australian music, let's do didgeridoos. They were like, no, let's do this fucking Irish plan flute. And you're like, this is so weird. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Alien is the right word. It's it's um, it's this uh, sound that definitely doesn't feel like it fits there. It shouldn't fit there. Um, mm. And that's excellent. And then there's also just the the, the piano-y, very- um, The, like, harpsichord kind of thing. Yeah. Like, really, um, it's got, like, a lot of- uh, It's a quite suspenseful kind of piece yeah, of music yeah. that builds. Um, and so- Absolutely. That's, that's sort of playing when the girls are walking up the rock before they disappear. And then also mm. when- Oh, when- um, like that whole section, I like remember absolutely fucking losing my mind when Michael's like, "No, I'm going to stay out all night and stuff and search." And then Albert, Birdie comes back and he's um like following the trail and stuff. And then he like when he turns around and finds him and he's just like kind of like shaking, yeah, yeah like yeah, uh, so all, weird. all um hunched up, like kneeling on the ground, and he's like shaking, and the bit of music's mm. like. Boing! I was like, yeah. holy shit, like, it's there's nothing actual scary happening, but it's so weird and off-putting. You're just like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you yeah. can tell in that, like, instant that you're like, this. he is traumatised. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, especially because it, it's accompanied by that. Um, there are a few moments where uh, it has, like, I, I don't know what, what instrument it is, but it sounds like a theremin or something where it's, like, literally just goes, like, wee! Yeah, like, yeah, that. And it's got like the the like seventies. It's not like a crash <laughs> zoom. It's just them zooming as fast as they could, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, on him like shaking and just like staring at the camera. It's so weird. Yeah, that's it's also like it's I, like I find it a little bit funny the idea that they're like I'm walking around hanging hanging rock searching and they've got like bloody hands and scratches on their faces and stuff. I'm like. How do you how do you go about doing that? Like, <laughs> how'd you done, fuck I've, up that I've band? Been there. But the yeah. music it it fucking works. You're like, yes, it, this is sure. this is traumatizing. Or like beforehand, when he sort of he gets to uh, that that area right before the girls disappear, that like one corner, or like the, around the corner they disappear, and you mm. never see them again. He gets to that mm -hmm. place again, which they do a good job of like coming back to that shot and it being like recognizable considering it's all rocks yeah they do they do make that that part feel distinct so when they do come back there you go oh no like what's it's gonna happen really now? Uh, every time we come to this spot something happens you know yeah it's something about it like sort of like field of dreams just like watching the dudes like walk into the cornfield and they just like fade them out like it's a very mm. simple fade but there's something yep. about it that you're like oh there's this threshold here and that's what yeah. this has this like around the corner up that hill 
but with Michael, he's like crawling on the ground, like he doesn't have the the strength to stand anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really when interesting the performances way. with like the girls like getting uh, sleepy every time they come to that spot, um, and the the kind of droning sound that they put in the in the soundtrack and stuff. Yeah. It does make it feel as though there's some force in that spot that just like saps people of their energy or something. Yeah, it's yeah. it's and because it's never explained, you your mind goes wild. It's like what is it what is it doing to these people? You know, yeah. How does it affect people? It, it really makes your imagination go wild. They're, mm. they're not even showing you anything in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. To, for you to grip your your sort of mind around it. It's almost got that like uh Lovecraftian idea Absolutely. of like Beyond your comprehension, yeah. This to, is so to see whatever they saw would be to go fucking mad. Yeah. You know? So Birdie gets the the doctor or whatever. They come um, and they're like, you know, got him on the stretcher, put him in the back of the 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 cart, and mm. that piece of music is playing on the piano, and it's getting like more and more intense. And yeah. like Michael's just staring at Birdie. And he just like puts out his hand and then like Birdie opens up the hand and there's just like a scrap of white yeah. dress and it just like the music really kicks off and he's just like fucking running up that hill. I was just like, oh my God, like the yeah. the suspense, like the energy in that scene is so incredible. Yeah, um, it is. It is. And then excellent. he's like following the pieces of paper and he gets to that section and he's able to like stay standing and he mm. and then it's like he finds Irma. And then we get even more like crazy mystery stuff when they get Irma back to the Fitzhubert's estate and the doctor comes and he's like, yeah, she's like remarkably in good condition for being mm. out in the elements for nine days. Like she wasn't wearing any shoes. Her feet are fine. Yeah. But she's got like cuts on her hands. It's all this really weird, unexplainable stuff that you're like. Yeah. And she's eh. like missing her corset. Yeah. Which is just really kind of weird. Yeah. It's, it's cool. And then I don't know from there it's like. More and more, like that, that presents all these questions. The stuff of Sarah becoming weirder and weirder is, is presenting more questions. The the French teacher, where she's like, keeps saying, like, Miranda is a Botticelli angel and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and then it cuts to Michael in his bed, and there's a swan on his bed and shit. Like, the um, the stuff with uh, is it is it um, Bertie uh, having the dream about his, his yeah, sister, his sister. who we find out is Sarah. Yeah, the fact that he had a dream about her that she like came and said goodbye or whatever, and then yeah, bam, she falls in the greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the scene where uh, Irma goes back to the them doing like their calisthenics class. Yeah, and it and goes from like fucking dead silent to them like all screaming at her and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, the the um the French teacher slapping the the the, the yeah. one in the face. <laughs> Oh, it's so, yeah, it's so cool. I love as well that uh, shot of her when, because she's like bitching and whining and complaining. They say to her, like, you can come as long as you don't complain. And she's like, I won't, I promise. And then yeah. immediately they get up the rock and she's like, if I knew it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have come. <laughs> but then, yeah, her like scream and that like one shot, like you say, there's that, it, they never do it ever again in the movie, but it's like this aerial shot where it's like panning around. Mm. In the air, in like slow motion, it's like so smooth, and she's just like running down the hill, and the scream and like the eerie sound effects. It's just like whoa, and then it just yeah. like cuts back to Appleyard College, and it's just like, no, nah, we've never seen that again. Like it's just yep, this yep. really like crazy little spurt of this like crazy cinematic uh, look that we don't get for the rest of the movie. We get that shown in that way 
uh, in that sequence, like that that area aerial shot you're talking about, and then we get that similar kind of screaming and hysteria and almost like uh, Salem witch trials, like fucking mania um, during the bit in the the calisthenics class where like. Yeah. Random girls just start fucking screaming. Yeah, yeah. Like some of them are like asking her questions. Yeah, and, and some, some of them, them are just, just like, like screaming, screaming and shaking yeah. her and stuff. Like it's it, it uh, and you don't know again, you don't know why why that is. Yeah. Did people just behave like this <laughs> in the 1900s? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those like mass hysteria kind of things. Mm, like there's a few mm. of them in history where you hear about like whole groups of people just going crazy and acting yeah. weird and it's got like a little bit of like a little hint of like oh this is some weird part of human nature that we don't understand. There yeah. is like some examples of it, mm. but it's so <laughs> weird to be faced with it. Yeah, and the teacher's like hiding behind the chair and like Yeah, she's just like all, fucking like, just like no, I'm I'm done. I'm not It's 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 really it's a baffling scene and it's so unsettling because I think it's like you said there's those um instances in in human history where uh people behave that way and it's an it's an ugly and unex or, or kind of inexplicable facet of of our, of our shared humanity that is like we don't understand it fully. We're like it's scared, scary to think we could be capable of that. It's scary yeah. to think we could end up in a situation where we're confronted with that, where we're we're in the the um, position of of Irma. Like it's yeah, just exactly. so profoundly, deeply unsettling. Yeah, it's uh, the setting of the like 1900s helps amplify that even more because we've got sort of that um similar to like what i was talking about with alice in wonderland with sarah where she gets she doesn't get to go on the the picnic Mm. and mr apple Appleyard is like no you have to recite this poetry that you're supposed to have learned and she's like yeah it's stupid it doesn't make any sense and they're like no recite very similar to that uh rebellious sort of um writing of alice in wonderland yeah 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 for sure So it's of such a period of history where everyone has to be like so proper uh, and so civilized that it's like, oh no, we're not these animals like other a- animals. We're humans. We're above this. We're all profound, and you know, God yeah, made yeah. us in our image. All that crap. But they're they're the punishments for not doing those things are conversely so so like barbaric. Yeah, like yeah. Sarah is is like strapped to a thing, like a posture, all yeah, over a posture the thing, improver. Thing. Like it's 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 like, what are you doing? And they're giving them the strap and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it is this. It's this bizarre thing where they've got these prim and and proper uh, these people trying to maintain this this order in a, a landscape that is dry and desolate and uncaring. You know, like yeah, it's that that like that same British quality of high society, and they've tried to just take that and like plop it right in the Australian outback, and it's like yeah, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work, and and the um. The fact that they're there and they're like, well, no, we're, we're, we're proper and stuff. And then there's this like rock, this monolith that has <laughs> existed for, for you know millions of years before them and will we'll outlive all of them. And it's this reminder that that all of that posturing and stuff is so feeble, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's really cool. Really cool film. Stopped at 12. Never stopped before. Must be something magnetic. I love how like all of their clocks stop at twelve. Yeah, it must be must be something magnetic. But it's it's also just weird how she's like stopped at twelve, and they're like never stopped before. You're like, god damn. Um, yeah, and then so to crazy. hear afterwards as well that like she is kind of acting weirdly, the teacher. But then 
we don't get to see her disappear, but then we actually yeah. learn later that it's like, oh, no, she went up the rock as well and disappeared. Yeah, the amount of stuff that that is kind of plot critical and also uh, quite, like, would be quite scary, like, like would, would make it more of a horror film, is just not shown. Yeah. Um, yeah, Herb's going up the rock off and she's, like, taking off her clothes as yeah. well. It's yeah, really yeah, bizarre. Yeah. And then, like, the one thing that she can remember them to- that she saw, like, a red cloud. Yeah. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, that's such a... You can imagine it, like, the that outback scenery and that blue sky with hardly any clouds and then just this mm. dark red one there. You're like, that's that's a weird, chilling image. Yeah, yeah. So many things that, they, yeah, they kind of brush over them and then we, like, get a little bit of them, uh, like, piecemeal fed to us. Like, we're given that... The, the thing about the cloud and um, uh, the teacher uh, not wearing any pants um, or not wearing a, a dress or whatever, that's given to us by the the kind of this this kind of goofy character uh, that later on the, the the French teacher is like slaps her and is like, you're a liar and you're this. Like she's, she's not exactly a reliable, uh, like we don't know how reliable a source she is. No. So even those things that we're like, okay, how, how much of this can I take seriously? How much of this? Is is true? Yeah. Um. And then uh, did the we, like when we go back to that place with Michael, we don't see any of that stuff. We don't get any glimpse of a red cloud or anything. You know, we don't see a a, a bit of the like the woman's dress or anything. Yeah, it's really bizarre to think like. So she saw her walking up the rock as she was running away, but she yeah. already had taken off her clothes. So it's like her clothes should be further down the rock, not all yeah. the way up. Lost somewhere with the corsets. Yeah. That should have been fairly easy to find, but there's no trace of it. Yeah, it's it's really I like really how there's they sort of bring it up the idea of like, oh, was there foul play? Was there like a man? Were they molested or something? Maybe is mm. it this weird like sexual crime in nature? They bring it up, but then there's so many more weird pieces of evidence that kind of throw that out of the 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 running and mm. sort of leans back more into the weird, mysterious, supernatural that's unexplainable. I like that because I really like the supernatural uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, me too. And then, like, towards the end of the film, in the in the same way that the the lines of dialogue at the beginning are very strange, and you go, "Oh, what's that about?" Is uh, do you are you meaning something else with the way you're saying that? We then get to hear Miranda say those things again, like that's replayed to us. That sort of like everything begins and ends at exactly the right time and place, and you're like, "What?" And so mm. they're sort of like calling back to it in this way to almost like, "Oh, well, now that you've watched the movie, listen to this again." Like, mm. does it take on a different meaning or do you have more context for it now? And you're like, maybe, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, uh, I don't know. It, sound, it sounds more ominous now, less ominous now, I don't know. <laughs> Equally ominous. Um, <laughs> I, I like, too, the, uh, a lot of the dialogue and the performances is, is um, stilted and kind of heightened and stuff, but we do get glimpses at some pretty interesting characters here, like the Michael and Albie uh, or Bertie, sorry, um, dynamic is fun and, and interesting. Um, and the what do you call it? The the headmistress Apple Apple. What is it? Apple what? Apple Gate? Yard. Apple Yard. Apple something. The Apple Yard. Mrs. Apple Yard character. Uh, when she's starts drinking and <sighs> yeah, it's her her performance and that character is so interesting because we never get the like a full window into what she's thinking. Yeah. Like when she is telling Sarah, like, you know, this isn't a charity and stuff, we see her rehearsing that line beforehand. So we know that it's not, uh, it doesn't come, like that That cruelty maybe doesn't come as naturally as we assume. Yeah. And then when she 
uh, you know, immediately after giving that news, she goes back to her room and is like, oh my God, and is, is sobbing and stuff. So you go, oh, maybe she's got a bit of a heart. And then she's like at the, the dinner thing the next day with the, the French teacher, she's just talking about utter inconsequential nonsense about yeah. Bournemouth <laughs> and um, Bournemouth, whatever the fucking place was. And when the French teacher tries to ask about Sarah, she, or, or no, she um, starts out of nowhere talking about the, the, the other teacher who, uh, who went missing. Yeah, yeah. And like scolding her for for getting lost, for going missing. Yeah. And then when the French teacher's like, is Sarah coming back? She's like, where were we? Oh, yes, Burnmouth. <laughs> and then the next day she's in like funeral garb. Yeah. I don't know what to take from that. Do, do you, because I go, did she throw Sarah off the roof? There's, <laughs> yeah, like- there's a little bit of uh, that. There's There's a little bit of like, did Sarah jump herself or did... Uh, That's right, because the last time we see Sarah, after she's told, like, you know, you won't, you you know, this isn't a charity, she smiles. She's like almost almost smiling, Mm. and it's it's really unsettling. So you kind of go, well, where's she going? What's going to happen? Yeah, and then it's like, okay, so she did she kill herself? Uh, Yeah, man, it's so weird. I think I mostly get the vibe that she killed herself. I think the Mrs. Appleyard thing. I think it's that the like the dread going through her mind of like. In this society, it's all about, you know, proper, being proper and civilised and, you know, having a class and a place and a reputation and that her, her reputation is going to be destroyed mm. from this. Like, she's she's going like, oh, there's going to be less students, like, returning after. Yeah, right. The, for, for next term and we're losing all of like these people. And it's morning. Yeah, it's almost like she's just in shock thing. or she's like uh, kind of like expecting it, waiting to, for it to unfold and she's just yeah, like, right. you know, hitting the liquor really hard. and Yeah. But then the fact that she like went to the rock mm. is a little bit different. That's a little bit like throws you off. If you think that it's just her mindset is, oh, no, the school's ruined, my reputation's ruined. I, I, I saw a deleted scene uh, on YouTube where it's it's like an additional scene after that shot of her just staring at the, the groundskeeper. Um, where she goes to the rock in that outfit, climbs up it, sees Sarah, and then it cuts to people like carrying her body away on a stretcher. Okay. And the voiceover, the voiceover cu- kicks in there. Sorry, so seeing Sarah, she's at the rock though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and she Sarah's sees Sarah's body. No, not Sarah's body. Like Sarah standing there in oh. like white, white, uh, like the the uh, white dress and oh, stuff. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, quite, I'll, I'll have to send it to you. Quite trippy. Yeah, no, uh, I haven't quite seen trippy that. and 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 kind of I. Trippy and not really offering much of a, a resolution, but no. I kind of like that it uh, that this version offers even less yeah. of a resolution. I like do. Offers, I really love it. how it ends. The the hard cut of of just like you see her and you're going, okay, what's what's happening? And then it just cutting to the footage the of the text. girls and the voiceover. Yeah, just being like, yep, this happened. Then some text on screen. Like the movie opens with that text, just telling you, like, this is when on this date in this year. These girls went missing. Mm. And then we see the events and at the end it gives you us another thing of text. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. It, it sort of like wraps it up as it begins it. And yeah, you're not really offered anything conclusive. But yeah, I love it for that. It's just, mm. I find it so uh, kind of satisfying in the way that you're not given something satisfying in its conclusion. Yeah. Kind of yeah, the way that, that Zodiac uh, does as well. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. Where I feel like I can't imagine... An ending that does uh, explain it that would be satisfying. Mm. So it better better to be left unexplained. Yep. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, it it feels like a very old film now. I don't know how like 
brand new audiences would would take to it necessarily, but I find mm. it just so charming in in that it's such a unique uh, film. I can't think of anything that really kind of delivers the same sort of unsettling feeling or mm. that kind of existential dread uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just I think it's yeah it's just so wonderful. I love it like just as much as as when I first saw it, and um, I I can't wait to go back to the actual rock because <laughs> yeah, I haven't been yeah, in so cool. long. So we should definitely um and yeah I'll go I'll, there and listen to the soundtrack. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We actually yeah. um I, I forgot to mention the in the the play that we made that was the follow up. We actually did go to the rock and film <laughs> some stuff. Very so cool. the very last scene. We sort of do the whole play um, and the, the girls are, because sc- we had three girls, it's like, oh, three schoolgirls, three schoolgirls went missing. That's brilliant. Three schoolgirls mm. can go missing again. Almost yep. 100 years later, that's perfect. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, we, we went to The Rock. I filmed it, a bunch of stuff, and we actually had, like, them, like, a disappearing uh, scene where they, they, like, fade away as they're, <laughs> like, walking through The Rock and stuff. So Nice. Yeah, can't wait to, to go back there. Uh, hopefully... We'll we'll tee up a time and you can uh, experience it yourself for the first time. I would time. love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I'm I'm. This is another one. I'm grateful for uh, you introducing to me. Um, I was really taken aback by just uh how much I like how much I liked in this movie. Like how much of this movie, like stylistically, was was really cool and really interesting. Just how much it shares with contemporary horror films that I really fucking love. Like I got so much uh, uh, hereditary or like Midsummer vibes from this movie. I, I really want to kind of look into this film's legacy more and see what, you know, directors have cited this as an, as a, an influence on their work mm. um, because it, this feels like it could be uh, along with similar movies uh, from the time from different countries uh, even. Well, I know that um, Sofia Coppola um, cites mm. Picnic Hanging Rock as a huge influence on um, both uh, The Virgin Suicides and Marie Antoinette. Yeah, well, th- this feels like it could be like patient zero for a lot of stuff that I, I really like in in modern horror films, the, the kind of A24, like almost yeah, art house kind of horror stuff. Stuff, stuff, yeah. So, yeah, I was really, really taken aback by that and really... Uh, really wowed by it i'm glad i'm glad to hear you got so much out of it because um yeah it makes me even even keener because yeah i don't i guess i don't have a lot of like friends that i know that have seen the film besides Mm -hmm. besides uh my friends in drama class that we were doing the project together um Mm -hmm. they all really liked it as well so that was a really fun uh collaborative experience of us not just enjoying the film itself but then all of us like chucking our ideas together and and making something out of it. So yeah, I'm 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 just super super duper happy when uh when a pick uh hits that well. Because yeah, I wasn't lands. sure. I was a little bit because I, I was a little bit worried that I was like, oh, is he gonna think that like have I oversold it as like a spooky horror kind of film? Or will or will he really, really dig those elements? So I'm I'm happy that uh you didn't it's always it's always um it's always a pity when you like a movie so much that you like you tell your friends like, "Oh man, you got to see this! It's so good!" And that yeah, yeah. overinflates uh, yeah, the totally, expectations totally. and kind of like spoils it for them. And that if you yeah. hadn't have recommended it as hard, they probably would yeah. have enjoyed it more. So yeah, especially well, especially with a movie like this that again we've we've said is not trying to win 
you know, every, anyone's favors. Really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's something else I want, I, I was going to say too. You mentioned like how would this go for for you know fresh audiences? I feel like if you were to show this to like just the general movie going, that someone who's like like The Conjuring is the ultimate you know horror horror movie experience. Like doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Um, which not to shit towards The Conjuring. I I, I love I love that movie uh, as well. But that's a, a super you know commercially viable horror film that's that's something that has real mass appeal this does not like i think that audience that loves the conjuring but thought thought the witch was shit isn't going to get much out of this but i guess like you have brought up a few of those movies like i haven't seen midsummer it's been on my list for a while like if yep. there are similar things that have come out in the past few years that did get quite critically good acclaim then like yeah maybe maybe yeah well I think there's a, a you mentioned seeing this as a, a young you know aspiring filmmaker you know at the very least film enthusiast film buff yeah would get a kick out of this because there is so much going on it is a, a kind of um a feast for the eyes and ears it's a sensory uh, treat yeah well thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you'd like to support us we always say the best thing you can do is sharing the podcast, word of mouth, and or on social media. If you mm-hmm. would like to support the podcast monetarily and have the means to do so, you can uh, support us on Patreon for as little as three Australian dollary dues a month. You can get access to alternate episode art, 24-hour early access to episodes, and our Patreon-exclusive watch-along audio commentary series, Big Local Banter. That's right. We would love to know what you thought of this episode or any episode for that matter. In the episode description, you can find all of our social medias and you can tell us your answer to the question of the episode. Uh, if you were to go missing at a major Australian landmark, which, <laughs> which one would it be? <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> well, speaking of going going missing, um, I guess my high school, it did have a sort of like a little bit of a ghost story, mystery feel to it, um, urban myth that maybe is rooted a little bit in the picnic hanging rock because Sarah falls from the roof. There was There is one very high tower of the building of my school that's like mm-hmm. a story or two above all the rest that was the only uh, way into it was through the teacher's lounge. Um, so it was like off access to normal students, but part of uh, graduating, they would let the year 12s go up and visit the inside of the tower like once um, before before you finished. And there was always like a urban myth that a girl had like leapt off the tower um, ah. to commit suicide. So I don't know if that's like from the same same thing. I'd pick my, my school. <laughs> that's where I would go. Very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Perpetuate that myth, baby. Exactly. Just add more fuel to the fire. Mm. Next week... You said you you already know you knew yes. from the intro what yes uh, like from that first shot with the mirrors and just uh, the the whole picnic sequence it was just being hammered nailed into my fucking skull because this is my th- this was my my like closest point of reference for something uh, as surreal and bizarre and dreamlike but definitely in the horror lane um, in this case. The 1977 Italian supernatural horror giallo film Suspiria. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, have you seen have you seen Suspiria? I haven't seen either. Okay, Suspiria. There I've is, watched uh, very um, long like uh, videos on YouTube about it, so I know. Yeah. I know things. You know of it. Yeah. I okay. know of it. So many parallels 
between this movie and Picnic in ha- at Hanging Rock, for me at least, like in terms of just weird unsettling shit, really keen to talk about it with you. Sick. I think it'll be a good one to hit on the back of this. Yeah, sister episode, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, and I know you did your your um some some extracurricular uh, activity, some homework for this week's episode with the six part mini series. If you are at all uh, interested after watching this movie, the remake. If you get time, the remake. Yeah, okay. Because I would love to to talk a little bit of, a little bit about the remake as well. Ah, uh, so you're bending the rules, squeezing, bending the rules a little bit. Just, <laughs> just, just hey, if you've got if you've got the time, if you've got the time, awesome. If you've got the time, we strongly recommend you watch the movie as well beforehand to get the full context of what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. join us next time when we find out whether our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. Look. Not down at the ground, Edith. Way up there in the sky. 